Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. We are all about empowering connection to develop psychological resilience and emotional well-being in our community, because now, more than ever, we need human connection. I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, make sure you share it to someone who you feel this can make a positive impact on. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. We're up to episode 14 now. Uh, we've been throwing these together over the last few weeks because now more than ever we want to get people's opinion on human connection. I'm super grateful to have a good buddy of mine, Jason Daniel, on today from LSKD. He is a man of many hats, but a father, a partner, a business leader, uh, but somebody that I've called on many a times for advice around what we're up to. So, Jase, tell us a little bit about who you are, mate, and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, brother, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, it's good being on the other side of it, a little, <laughs> little different. Oh, I mean, it, it, this, the, yeah, look, it's been a long journey, um, and this is strung on for more than a lot more than ten years, probably you know thirteen years uh, doing this, and seven, and a little bit before then when I was a teenager, because the brand actually was founded off the back of a high school nickname and. You know, it was, uh, I wasn't a loose kid, but uh, it was just a word we used as a group of buddies growing up. And I, uh, I had a huge passion for, for action sports and fitness. Um, I grew up doing a lot of aerobics. My mum was actually an aerobics instructor um, at our school, actually, which wasn't embarrassing at all um, when I was in primary school. But look, it, it's, I've had this huge passion for sports um, my whole life. And a big goal was to become a professional motocross athlete which consisted of a lot of training, um, you know, a lot of preparation. And through that, this word resonated just for some fun. Oh, that's loose. Hey, kid. And never really thought too much of it. Um, you know, my passion was to become a professional athlete. And, you know, if we weren't racing, you know, when, once I turned past 18, 19, 20, you know, we were either, you know, we were either surfing, going to music festivals, having a good time, but it was always focused on becoming, you know, a, a top motocross athlete. Um, and through that, this word generated and a, a friend of mine told, you know, back in, I think it was MSN days, like this is getting way back, <laughs> uh, to, to turn into a brand and, and it kind of started from a, just nothing, right? And through that, I actually, uh, I actually ended up starting my apprenticeship as a carpenter. I had a couple of jobs, um, doing some logistics work, but started my apprenticeship as a carpenter. I think it was about 19, I was, I think I was 18 when I started it and said, I need to get a trade under my belt. And, uh, so I did that for four years, but at the time, uh, I think it hit 2007 and I said, you know what, I want to put effort into this brand. Um, I actually want to make something of, of LKI then. Um, I, want to be, I want to turn into something. Like I can, if I see other people can achieve it, why can't I? And I love what I do like I, you know, and I wanted to wear, and I actually wanted to wear product that, that almost we could wear when we weren't riding a bike or we weren't you know, chasing the vibe you, you, know, you could say. And so when I was, you know, as a chippy, I was working full time. I was getting up in the morning at, you know, 5am getting on my email, trying to, trying to grow the business somehow, but had no clue what I was doing. And this was from 2007 to 2010. And I was, you know, doing whatever it took to build connections, contacts, trying to find a supplier for t-shirts. And I'm talking like, we didn't even know who to use for a screen printer. So we had to do all that groundwork over the years. And I was on the phone in my lunch break on a job site, making phone calls, calling up retail stores, trying to sell to them, calling up magazines back then, trying to get an article for free because we couldn't afford to get an article to, you know, getting home and then going to the gym and training for getting ready or working on my bike and then getting up in the morning, do all over again. And then weekends I'd be in my car 
going to a race meet, uh, say Harvey Bay, and I'd stop off on the way and try and sell to a t-shirt, sell some t-shirts to the retail store um, to try and get our product in. And then I'd race on a Sunday and I'd come home and I'd go to work and work all week again as a chip. So it's like this, like, it was just this roller coaster of like, there was no choice. I was going to make it. It was just a matter of when. And if I look back on it, I'm actually not a designer. I'm not, I don't have any high school education. Well, not really high school education. <laughs> I had a good time and, and had a lot of fun, but I don't actually have a, a super formal education. I had to learn everything um, and throw my, like, just throw my hands in deep and go at it. Um, so I wasn't a creative designer. I didn't know how to use the programs. I tried to learn, but I wasn't that good at it. So I had to find amazing people around me along the journey to help me with this stuff so I could find someone who could help me design, you know, the T-shirts we wanted to make, you know, and, and, and so on. And uh, over that journey, it just grew. And in 2010, I finally was able to go uh, some kind of full-time, paying myself back to an apprentice wage. And I actually finished my apprenticeship as I finished. So I finished my ticket um, trade was still racing motocross, uh, on weekends and trying to train at that level and trying to make it. I never made it. I wasn't, uh, I didn't make it as full time. I made it to pro, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that good at that level. It was definitely a tough sport <laughs> mentally, physically. And I broke a lot of bones trying to, trying to make it. But yeah, look, if, if it got me where I think it was is, you know, how it got me to where the brands are today. It was just a huge learning journey and, you know, we've transitioned from a brand that was LKI to, to now LSKD and, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of that journey because I think those 10 years of, uh, you'd say 10, 10 years of LKI, I learned so much through that journey and I made so many mistakes and really good mistakes that taught me of how to build a brand and how to learn of what we were doing because I was never, I'd never worked for another brand. I never worked for another business. I just had a passion and now our mission is to inspire people to chase the vibe through action sports, through adventure, through fitness, and really want to make a difference to when people buy a product, they feel inspired to chase the vibe because that's what I love to do. And, you know, I, 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 I'm most happiest when I'm out, you know, I got to throw down a 28 kilometer mountain bike ride with a group of friends on a couple of friends on Monday. Um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, creating those, those good times around it. But then the product we do is street and sportswear. But going back then, I didn't actually realize any of that too much. I did, but I didn't. The community we created and, you know, what I learned from that journey was I was making too much product for too many people um, and I was trying to be everything to everyone and, you know, I was making life jackets. I was making motocross gloves. I was making, you know, you know, say street and sportswear and trying to do all these categories but not actually being the best at one thing and just staying, you know, if I'm going to get super authentic, like staying focused on it and I just didn't know what but I didn't know. So, you know, it took a long time, but we were still doing great. Like the brand was growing. And then obviously things started to change with over the years, e-commerce started growing, but we didn't realize. And, and, you know, we were predominantly a wholesale in a lot of retail stores where that started to shift. And I saw the shift happening where I was like, if we don't make a change and learn this e-commerce world and building a brand direct, you know, say direct to our customer and learn from our customer and our community, things are going to change in the future uh, and it's going to get harder. And, uh, and, and it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a blur to look back because it's, you know, there's so many things that have gone on, but I've really tried to use those experiences. But in 2018, we decided we'd put Ellis, we actually put LSKD on some t-shirts in 2016 and was like, oh, I don't know, this is pretty cool, but it's a bit different. And uh, by 2018, the LSKD product was actually outselling the LKI product on, on, on tees and hoodies and, so we started going out to our community, our, like our, our customers and, and community and our ambassadors and started asking them, 
like what what logo do you like like can you show us which one you like the most and uh, everyone kept pointing to lskd and i'm like hang on a minute this has got nothing to do with me like this is this is they're they're telling us something here like there's something really special here with lskd um and if we actually make the change and change this brand from lki to lskd we could actually create something quite special because using that 10 years plus of learning um, to shape where we want LSKD to go and actually build a brand off, off a mission and inspiring people to chase the vibe but create the best street and sportswear. And when I say sportswear, I mean like technical product that you can train at a high performance but still dress at that you know street casual level um, where like our rep shorts or rep tights, you can, I wear them, I wear them to the office and I'll train or run a half marathon in them. So it's like, it's been a long time to learn and it feels so clear to talk about it now. But back then, you know, it, it's taken that long to get to that point to be able to speak so clearly about our brand and what we're trying to achieve. And now, like, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's an amazing journey to see where the brand's at now and our customers where it's growing around the world. You know, we've got a team of 20 at the office. Well, not all the office now being with social distancing, but, you know, it, it's yeah, everyone learning to work from home and learning to change and transition and the, the, the folk product and yeah to, to to say to how it got me to where i'm at it, it's definitely a lot of hard work and, and a lot of struggles and a lot of mistakes and a lot of learnings to get to where i'm at to this day and i'm and i and i actually am really appreciated of that because i didn't have a lot of success very early um had slight successes but you know you're talking back in 2010 there was no social media there was no it was magazines it wasn't facebook and instagram like so i had to even learn to transition to go oh we're, we're you know we're in some magazines and doing stuff with that to going, Oh, I got to learn the social media world. And we've had to really, I've had to embrace and learn that. So I didn't start the brand when social media boomed, I had to learn the transitions and yeah. So I, I it's, uh, if it's in one word, if it's in a short sentence, it's hard, it's hard work and making mistakes and, and, uh, and, and just trying to, and trying to learn from amazing mentors or getting around the right people that have that experience that have made their mistakes and I can learn and, and then I can help share that on as well. So in, in, in as quick as possible, it's, uh, yeah, it, that, that's, that's a part of it. Yeah, well, look, you've definitely done that for me. Is I think you've helped a lot of people in sense of finding their way through the uncharted waters. But one thing I want to touch on is I guess you kind of, you took that, that step or you took that jump from going in part-time in, in LKI back then and you were doing the chippy work and you finally took the full-time leap. We've got a lot of people right now with the current situation we're faced with and we try not to talk heavily into it, but a lot of people are looking how they can change what they're doing or maybe follow. I'm a big believer in following your passion over purpose. I think the word purpose is kind of just misled for a lot of people and you use passion, which I love. What's kind of some advice you can give someone who has a passion to maybe just start a clothing brand that they want people to wear a message on or maybe yeah. it's you know, they want to become a, a jazz extraordinaire? Like how did you find your northern star, northern star to make that jump? I just, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think advice is make sure that you're getting into it for the right reasons. Mm. Um do you know, like I, I really do enjoy, like love building something and building a community of people. Like I love building product, but product has become like this thing that we can really resonate and build the community around it. And I, to be honest, I'm not going to say I knew back then, like it was just something inside me that was like, I'll do whatever it takes. And it wasn't money. Um, it hundred percent wasn't money. Um, it was hundred percent around just like, I'm going to achieve it. If I set out to do something, I'm going to do it. And if I say I can do it, I can do it. And whatever anyone says that I'm not going to be able to do it. And it was really interesting because people that would never wear the brand um, 
would never wear the brand all of a sudden say four years later wanted to wear the brand so it was like i didn't care what anyone thought i didn't I wasn't one to post about it on social media. You know, I wasn't one to talk about it. I was just like, I'm getting it done. And whatever it takes, this is going to happen. And whatever happens, I have to learn and just and keep going at it. Whether I, you know, and I made a lot of mistakes, lost staff, was, you know, come off, you know, had to learn to transition from a job site to an office environment, et cetera. But I think the biggest advice is, is it, it's not even like, if you like it, just do it and don't even think about the money. Like, you know, you know, I was, I was, you know, just turned 33. So I was, you know, I was 20, you know, I was in my early, early twenties and I was lucky enough to, you know, live at my, uh, I was, you know, living at home in the early stages where the brand started at my mom's place. And so appreciative that the cost of living for me was a lot cheaper back then. And then we were renting at my, my wife's parents' place, you know, after that. Um, and the cost of living back then I could live as lean as I could, you know, so I, and, and uh, racing motocross was super expensive. So I uh, had to find sponsors and get support and jump on the road. And I had like, I remember I had a beer company giving me a thousand dollars for my parts budget to help pay my parts bill at Spring and Suzuki. Cause I couldn't afford to even pay that, but I just had to find a way to keep racing motorbikes to do what I loved as well. Um, and I think, and I, and, and I look back on it and I didn't do it for the money cause I was living lean. I was living, I think, I think I was paying myself, uh, I think I was paying myself and as soon as, it, you know, as soon as I got to go full time, I actually snapped my wrist and uh, snapped my wrist and ended up with some plate and some screws. And I was on this insurance thing called combined insurance back then. Um, if anyone that was into sports knew combined, it paid for my schoolies week, paid for my van <laughs> when I broke my collarbone. It, you know, it was actually a really good insurance program where I actually was living off combined when I snapped my wrist in 2010 and decided to, to not go back to work and just went, you know what, if I can earn 240 bucks a week, I can, I can survive and I can eat and I can go hard and try and make something of this. Like it wasn't, it was just more like, what did it take to survive and go hard on it? And mm. I think that's where the world's probably changed a lot. Cause all this whole entrepreneurship's come out with social media, people thinking it's like, it's not even about that. It's like, what, what does it cost to live and survive and go hard? I didn't know you commit yourself too much, obviously with too many things and you, you know, whether it's, repayments of cars or whatever it is, then you're overcommitting yourself to spend more time on your business and you're costing yourself too much money, you know, coming out every week. And I, I then in 2009, I decided to go part-time on my apprenticeship. Um, and as I went part-time on my apprenticeship, I knew that I couldn't afford to go to TAFE as well. And to me, TAFE was a waste of time because going to TAFE two days a week and sitting in a classroom, getting through a module, just I didn't have time because I was not making money. So I had to work three days a week as a chippy and ended up roofing for six months, laying roofs as well, just to do whatever it took to get work. Um, and I had a group of four guys I was calling, Hey guys, you need me this week. Hey guys, what days do you need me? I want you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Cool. I'm done. And then Monday, Friday was my day at LSK, LKI where I'd work. And then I ended up finishing my apprenticeship competency base through, you know, through doing all the documents and paid to do it that way instead of going to TAFE because I wasn't going to make money at TAFE. So I couldn't survive. So it was like, I just, just found ways and, you know, ended up finding a builder that, you know, actually his, uh, his son works here as our content creator now. Um, and he was the last guy I worked for as a chippy Timmy. And, uh, he gave me three days a week and I can't remember what he paid me, maybe 25 bucks an hour just so I could, you know, and I was still, I think I was fourth year and, uh, I was just like, I was, you know, doing frames just smashing days. I'll do whatever it took. So then I could just make sure I could work three days a week um, and do two days on the brand or whatever. So, you know, I, I, 
the advice I can give is like, you just need to make sure that you're not expecting to make money out of it straight away. I think it's about like, you've just got to do it. That that comes um, if you, you've got to build something. Um, And I think it's like the longer you do. And I was quite lucky. I was so young back then. So I've got to go through that journey, you know, and and any advice to people starting it, I suppose at a little bit later stage is, you know, hold on to your job as long as possible and work weekends, work after hours. Like if you really want it, you'll find a way, like you'll find a way. Like there's no, I look back then and going, how did I do that? Like I raced bikes. I, I, I was trying to grow a brand. I was working, you know, 45 hours a week on a job site and I was training in the gym and I had a girlfriend, you know, that is now my wife back then before I'd even, you know, decided to put effort. So she went through that whole journey as well. So I look and go, wow, like, oh, what was I thinking? But it was just, it was just an instinct in me that just went, it just a flick switch. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like I wasn't, I'm going to talk about it. I'll just do it. Like <laughs> if someone says I can't do it, I'll just figure out a way and make it happen. Oh, you can't do that in China. Well, I'll find a way. And yeah. you know, how am I going to deal with China and learn how to learn and build relationships with factories and understand that, you know, and it was until 2000 and 11, 12, we started building relationships in China and traveling over there. And I started traveling there in 2011 to learn and understand going to Hong Kong, going to China, building great friendships that I still am friends with. You know, some of these guys to this day, I still talk to them all the time. Um, you know, and they taught me the ropes over there of how to make product over there. And, you know, it, it, it's, and I get a lot of messages of people saying, oh, you know, I want to make in China. I'm like, I don't think I made product you know, or overseas offshore for five years, six, seven years. Like it was, it took a while before we started doing that. So it just, you know, things take time. I think it's just, it just things take time. And when they do say it, I, I, I totally believe that. Like you can't, you just got to, you got to enjoy the journey and it's hard to do that sometimes. And even for myself, um, but you just, you have to, and you just, if you really want it, you'll do it. You'll just find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Like yeah. it's, it sounds crazy, but it is so simple like that. Yeah. That's so true. So something uh, <clears throat> I get out of everything you've done in life from I really enjoy the we've had we've had chats offline of like you travelling you know, far north to go motocross riding and stopping at shops the whole way up there or, you know, having your car full of clothing. But I think you've built so many relationships in building LSKD, which is, you know, a probably you'd agree like a large percentage of the success behind the brand because as someone who's bought LSKD before, like it's kind of like you feel like you're a part of it. You know, you don't feel like you're just buying a product. You feel like you're a part of a larger yeah, community. And I think that comes down to human connection, which is obviously a selfish plug for human connection project. No, well, it's totally, <laughs> you're totally right there. Uh, but I'd love to, like, I'd like to see where, where you think that works in because you mentioned like you fly to China and you've got relationships. Like I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think there's many brands that have these relationships with suppliers, with customer service, with your, like we talk offline about customers that have had an order go wrong with, you personally are the one that fixes it. Like that, that's such a large element of human connection. I think that's what people want to hear right now is, is how do you see human connection being a, a part of your success and, and what does it mean to you, I guess, on the broad spectrum? Oh, I think, it, I think it's huge, you know. I think um, not only from, yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, th- I think it's huge. And if I try to simplify it, like we're talking about offline customer service, um, you know, one of my big things right now is customer experience and making sure they feel a part of it from when they purchase a product to when it's delivered from all aspects and making sure we do whatever it takes to look after the customer because they're the most important thing to me, my team at the office and 
our community buying our brand because if you don't and and we want them to feel like last week we did a blog on our website around how we you know how we're learning to work from home and we got some really good feedback around hey it was really good to put a face to the name to different team members and it was not the entire team we not everyone got their selfie but it was as many people as shot their selfie but um i i you know i think human connection is everything and i was always taught that you know in the early days and I, and it's really cool to look back because i haven't really talked about it a lot is you know, I used to jump on the road with sales reps uh, through the moto industry, actually. Um, and I got to know a lot of the brands through that, through sponsorship. And I got to know a lot of the sales reps. And even before we really did anything, I'd jump on the road with them for some of them for a week in New South Wales. And I'd sit in a car with them and walk into retail stores and they would sell. And I would learn to physically walk in with these guys and they would teach me how to sell and teach me how to talk to retailers. And then they would get me to do it. And on a Saturday, I'd be going in with a friend of mine that was teaching me how to rep, you know, and sell. And we go into a store and I'd be, fuck, I was nervous, man. And I'd be <laughs> shitting myself and he'd be like prepared for this one. Like they're, they're going to give it to you. And I'm like, you know, 20 year old kid just trying to waltz into a store and sell a t-shirt and sell my, sell my passion. Um, you, you're freaking out. And, uh, some of them give you some hard questions. And I think when I look back at that, that, you know, that relationship building has really taught me to where I'm at today for sure. Like I've, I'm massive on relationships and I'm massive on, if you want something, you've got to give something. And I'm always about, you know, if I ever want anything as in like a connection, a contact or some help, you've got to be able to try to give something um, in return or try and help them back or help them with a contact or how can you help them grow their career or, you know, what do I know in my opinion that may, may resonate? Like, and, I, and I've always been a big believer of that. And I did read a book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And, that's, and you know, he, he, he's the one that said it. You want something, you got to give something. So. Yeah. I think it's hugely important, you know. I mean, I was on the phone. I have a production manager, Scotty, who was actually our first team member, uh, you know. I think he's coming on 10 years now um, that joined the team. And, and he's a, is a legend. And, and he's a production manager. And we, we were on a call before. And he's sorting the day-to-day. But I still called my factory at one of my factories in Hong Kong yesterday to see how he's going. You know, they're in lockdown as well. But they're still working. I gave him a call, see how he's going, let him know what we're up to. You know, just I was driving and I had a spare five minutes. So I mm. give him a call on WhatsApp and just had a quick throwdown chat with him. And don't get to do it to everyone, but as many as I, you know, try to like keep that connection and contact and relationship because I think relationships are everything like within keeping in contact communication. And, and it's definitely been a huge part of how it's got us to where we're at today. I 100% agree. It's human connection is mm. going for a coffee with someone, um, you know, and, and I think as you get busier and busier, it gets harder and harder. And, that's a big thing you've got to really try to spend time on as well because it's easy to just get so focused on what you've got to do um, and sometimes you can lose that but and you've got to really make sure you check up on yourself but I 100% agree it's got, it's been a massive part of that and from an advice if you would ask for advice I, 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 I don't really have advice I just think it's a massive part of it like even you know early days making phone calls no one likes to pick up the phone anymore and make a phone call they'd rather send a text message yeah. or you know, a Slack or WhatsApp, picking up the phone and having that one-on-one -on convo, whether it's with a new client you're trying to sell to or, you know, sending an email, the shit, you know, no one's really going to read it. Like, mm. I mean, we don't even send emails internally now. It's chatting on Slack because it's, qu it's quicker be, or, and then you can jump on a, on a you know, on a, a uh, Google Hangouts call quickly, you know. It's, it's, so at least you're having that one-on-one -on -one right now with social distancing with, mm. you know, with COVID. But, yeah, I, I think that was something that taught me a lot back then. And I look back, it was like I went on the road. I was physically selling to retailers. I was 
trying to build sponsorship if I think about it, you know, because I needed help to race because I was an apprentice. We didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, my mum helped as much as she could, but it was expensive to race bikes. So I was, you know, I was so lucky to have the great sponsors and I was constantly trying to build their brand so I could get help. So it was, I was always out there meeting and making, you know, things happen because I just had no choice. Um, so I definitely think that's been a huge part of where our brand is at today, and and you know I you know and looking back, I'm definitely uh, definitely appreciative of it a lot more because I don't I don't spend enough time thinking about that and reflecting. Yeah, I think it's something a lot of us don't reflect on, and myself included. <clears throat> excuse me, as the kind of the voice of human connection right now, I get sidetracked a lot of times. Like I was a chippy, the same as you. Uh, and I look back at why I enjoyed some of my times on site so much, and it's definitely the relationships I got got to build with you. Know, and that's it, yeah. The Sparkies, and there's Sparkies now that I speak to that I worked with ten years ago. That I'm still somehow friends with. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really, really good thing for people to resonate with right now. You know, social distancing and self isolation, and not getting them confused with the word disconnection. Now we um yeah. so we've got three pillars, Jason. We've talked about these offline of our three kind of defining pillars. I'd yeah. love to get your personal opinion on all three of them, and I'm, and I'm cautious of not taking too much of your time. But empathy, yeah. leadership, and empowerment. And I'd love to hear, in your own words, what the three of them mean to you. Oh, yes. Empathy, leadership, and empowerment. I'm writing some of them down so I don't like because I liked it. Uh, yeah. Um. Look, I think I think it's um I think it's a big what it means to me, I, yeah, like a, three things I'm really focused on with what we do is people, product, and marketing. And people is a massive part to what I do within my career as, you know, the founder, CEO of LSKD, of people, everything in this business, you know, without the right people. And that, 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 those three, you know, empathy, leadership, and empowerment has a big part to play in that. And that is also in offline with, you know, with my little one is just turned two, Hendrix and my wife. I like, I think it's like having that. Yeah, it means a lot. Empathy and leadership is everything and trying to build leaders. If I talk it from a business standpoint, building leadership in the business is a huge piece to this because you need to build leaders throughout the business to help them grow their career. And if you want them to grow their career and keep growing, they need to, you know, I want them to have leadership and I want to be able to help them grow their leadership skills within the business because it's not just a reflection of, I can't do it all. It comes down to people and their and their leadership skills to help them grow and then help them lead teams because you can't do it on your own. Um, having empathy, I think, is huge because you not only got to be able to uh, how explain it, you know, where you know know that you can accept making mistakes and take responsibility, but when people do make mistakes or when something happens, have that empathy for them as well because you don't know what's going on in their life. Some people are having a bad day, especially when you're say working and whether you're in an office environment or on a job site and you're working with your crew and your team, you're working with them every day more than you even see your family. So, do you know, sometimes shit can get hard because, you know, you're not always going to agree at the office, you're not always going to agree at home. So, and it's easier said than done, right, for all of us, but having that empathy for people um, because you just don't know what's going on in their life if they're having a bad day. You know, we all have bad days. Like I didn't wake up perfect this morning. It was a struggle. We want to train this morning. I didn't want to train. And when I finished, I was like, I so didn't want to train this morning, but I did and I feel so much better, but I didn't want to train. You know, so it's like you just, you know, it, it, it's not everyone is going to be perfect at every second of the day. So having that empathy for people because, you know, that was a big thing that changed me after doing uh, the Landmark Forum was, you know, you just don't know what's going on in people's lives. And, you know, if you're saying something to somebody, if you are a manager or you're, you know, or even in your friendship circle and people love to talk about other people, 
all the time, which happens so much in this world, if but you don't know what's going on in their world, what they're going through, what struggles. We all have our own struggles and our own shit going on. So to have that empathy side to it, it makes you think differently before you go and talk about someone because you you don't know what's happening with them if they need help or you actually ask them, are they okay? So I think empathy, you know, empathy is a huge part to everything um, and, and I totally believe that. Um, and empowerment. Um, I suppose I went middle to top back down, but empowerment I think is everything, um, you know, because that goes back to leadership and empathy. And if you can, you know, I suppose if in my, how I'm thinking of it is like, if you can empower people um, and you get empowered by the people you surround yourself with is everything um, as well. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm massive on around who you surround yourself with as well. You know, you need to surround yourself with the right people if you want to go to places if you want to do you know amazing things right because if you surround yourself with things that are super negative all the time you're gonna have a negative impact but if you surround yourself with people that are positive and you know and are not as in a bad way i'm like as in like fluffy positive i'm talking like they're out getting at it they're out whether they're training for fitness goals whether they're within their own career whether their family life it, it empowers you to want to be around that as well and you know perfect example if i put it from a fitness standpoint you know, we were training for the marathon this year. We did the half last year, crew of us, and we're training this year. You know, we started it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I've slowed down <laughs> on that at the moment. It's not on soundbiking. But which I'm bummed it's not on this year. But, you know, it was like, okay, I had to find a crew of people that were also getting at it, you know, and, and how we could get at it together and, like, start a Facebook group message and start running. And then crew would go, hey, can I join? I need that. Yeah, I need that support. And, like, yeah, 100%. We do too. Like, it's not like we want to get up and run a 21-kilometer run. And, you know, my 33rd birthday, I decided to run 33 kilometers for it, which was stupid because I was doing a 5K run and went, oh, fuck yeah, I can do this. So I like nervously sent a text to four guys that I know that are, or three guys that I know that are stupid enough that would not say no. So I said to them saying, I'm nervous sending this message, but who's keen to run 33 kilometers on the 24th of December? And they're like, if you said 10Ks, I'd say no, but because you said that, I have to do it. And that comes down to like empowerment because I didn't want to do it, but I sent it. And it fucking scared the shit out of me. And we ended up doing it. And I lost my toenails a week later. Like it was brutal. And my ITV went, but it was like being around that group of guys that, you know, there was five of us, one of our buddies mountain biked the whole journey with us, like rode a bike and had water for us. And you know, that, that, that empowerment to do it was a group of people that helped empower me to do it. I wouldn't have done it on my own. And I'm not going to say I had the motivation to do it. I got a crew around me to like inspire me to go charge that. And then they finished and went, fuck yeah, like I'm so stoked we did that because I would have never done it if someone hadn't created that and we all got empowered. So yeah, I think it, it it plays a huge part in everyone's life and we're always never perfect, you know, like we're not always in the right headspace. Like we all have bad days and those three things with leadership, empowerment, empathy, you know, I, I threw an audio book on the way this morning and I'm listening to a book at the moment that just to kind of like see what it could spark my mind around different creative ways of thinking, different things, you know, like we all go through shit and what scares me the most around this COVID-19 and it, it is the fact of this human connection and what's going on is you know it, it is this is going to be the hardest time for people like you know being stuck at home or that that scares the shit out of me because I think to me and it's as I hate saying it but you know depression and suicide could end up being more because of this and the deaths from from COVID and and that's really scary and that actually like makes me super sad seeing that and it's like 
building that human connection and communicating and making sure you're jumping on house party with your buddies or, you know, FaceTime or with family and friends and really trying to focus on that. Like I'm so appreciative. I can still come to the office with, you know, there's only not many of us here, but I'm appreciative. I can still come to my office and work um, right now because it keeps me out of the stuck at home, you know, which I think is a huge, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful I can do that um, because I know it helps get me out of the house and, and, you know, being outside or another environment that so, you know, having those three things, I think, help plays a big part into where the world is right now as well, more than ever, because it is such a scary time for a lot of people. And really, you know, I'm thankful we have our business. I'm thankful that we can keep our crew in jobs. And I'm thankful, you know, we are able to do that. And we're on this, you know, amazing growth trajectory. Yes, but I'm just as thankful that we have been able to give jobs, been able to, you know, create those, you could say those three things for the brand, for our people here. So, you know, it, it is, it is, I think it's one of the most really important and, and means a lot to me. Um, I'll shut up because I talk a lot. I get excited. <laughs> that's, mate, that's 99% of the reason why I wanted to get you on because we've had so many conversations offline where it's like you can tell when someone speaks of passion because they're just, you can go into to rabbit holes on every little thing in life because you've got a passion for it. I think yeah, it's something, thanks, you know, we want to, that's what we want to push into other people is to find what you are passionate about, which is you've obviously done it and, I, I really enjoyed the catchphrase of chasing the vibe. Like that's a passion for a lot of people. So when you find your passion in life, it allows you to put energy and kind of input into everything else. Like a podcast with some fella at 9.30 on a morning. Yeah, you can put so much passion into something because everything in your life is built from that. Yeah, yeah, Hey, hey, uh, in, uh, in the context of sort of wrapping things up, I did give you a sneaky warning of this and normally I don't. You got me we, thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> we like to flip the table and I, and I stole this from Mark Burris' podcast. I think it's a really cool context and, and you've got some experience in asking podcast questions. But, Jace, <clears throat> an opportunity for you to flip the table and ask a question to me, anything at all, as deep or as shallow as you like. Um, well, you kind of gave me an idea before, so I'm not going to throw you in the deep end, but something I'm interested in right now uh, because – I'm struggling at the moment is what's your training routine like? Oh. like what's your, what's your training routine like at the moment? In, so my uh, training routine fitness? has completely gone out the window, but in saying that I'm running six K a day. That's my goal is to run six K yeah, a day for awesome. 60 days. Uh, so 60 days I, I did my 17th. What day are you at? 17th. Yeah, that's so, awesome. And I'm, tr- and I'm trying to get faster. So I hit a PB this morning, so I'm pretty pumped. Nice. Um, my knees are absolutely shot. What- Two kilometers at my six k today was twenty six thirty something, so it was an average yeah. of four thirty one, which for yeah, me, that's fast. At ninety eight kilos is like lightning for me. Yeah, that's solid, um, solid. We're, we're super fortunate, that. mate. Like I'm, I obviously work in the fitness industry, so I've got a full home gym downstairs. So I'm really grateful for that. Uh, it doesn't get touched at the moment because we're just around the clock. Like I'll work all day today, and not because I have to, because I want to, and I really, yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoy the, the opportunity we've got right now. And we have an opportunity as a, a global society, you know, not just Oz, but China, Hong Kong, everywhere else. Like we've got an opportunity to sharpen the metaphorical saw blade and you'll appreciate this as a chippy, the metaphorical saw blade of human connection, you know, because we've, we've looked at human connection for so long from a perspective of like as long as we've got friends and we've got a community, we're connected. But now we're seeing, you know, I'm hoping our three biggest commodities prior to COVID were money, fame, and power. 
you know, as, as a globe, like that's pretty spot on money, fame and power, but I'm hoping, and I'm really working towards off the back of COVID that our three biggest commodities are going to be human connection, love and freedom. You know, like the yeah. option to go mountain bike riding whenever you want to go have a beer for me at the pub, human connection, in the sense that I feel super connected to you and I feel super connected to all my other friends and then love. That's an obvious one. Like we need to be able to love everyone in our life, like from our partner to our dog, to our grandparents. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That's, that's my morning. That's my fitness I 100% agree there. I think it's, you know, it's definitely what's going on in the world right now. And just to be appreciative of being healthy and being able to put food on the table, um, you know, is a big, big part and even being able to get out and go for a run or get out. And, you know, I think everyone misses that, you know, just even being able to go to a coffee shop and have a coffee you can't right now, you know, it's takeaway. It's that, you know, so I definitely think it, I, I a hundred percent agree that, 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 that is going to shift a lot. Um, you know, because everyone is re-questioning what's going on in their businesses, if they are uh, or if they're leading departments or they're in their own career, everyone's questioning what's happening in the world right now, you know, like, and this is going to shift the way the whole world thinks um, because this is going to go on for six to 12 months, you know, what's happening right now in the world. Um, and then it's going to, you know, there'll be, it'll, it'll get forgotten about eventually. It'll be what, you know, that year of 2020 was like the most craziest year, but it's the year that the whole world changed and pivoted having to change the way they they thought did things the appreciations you have um you know even just being out you know and i know like even you know being out and mountain biking and just when you're riding through the bush i'd never actually looked up at the trees i was like man how how good is it being out here right now like Mm. i actually can still do this still exercise right now i'm not locked in doors having to stay and not being able to leave my house like just those tiny things i never even looked at um Mm. you know has brought this massive appreciation to all the little things yeah, I, but I totally that. agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And mate, wrap up. Where can we find out more about LSKD? Because I know a lot of people already know about it. But give us. The oh, scope. not everyone. It's still uh, still getting out there. Uh, look, if I'm gonna get my sales on, you can Please. jump to our IG uh, at LSKD, um, our website lskd.co, uh, not .com, .co. Uh, you can also check us everywhere: LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, even we've started a TikTok, we're slowly getting there. But yeah, look, if our website, lskd.com, will kind of take you everywhere you need to go to. Um, you can read a little bit more about the brand and the story there and, you know, through the story page and what we've got up to and, you know, where our brand is at as a journey. Um, but yeah, like me, I'm, I'm starting to learn and share more about it. We haven't really talked much about the transition of LKI to LSKD. So mm-hmm. I think more than ever, I'm appreciative of it, like, and of the journey um, and wanted to, sh- want, you know, and want to share it more because I'm in the same boat as everyone else learning and growing. So, yeah. but yeah, from a, from that side, that's where you can find it. Yeah, definitely. I would highly suggest reading up on it and learning a little bit about the journey because like we've said, it's not just a, a clothing company. Yeah, there's much more behind the, Behind the logo, I like to think. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for jumping on, brother. I really, really appreciate it. I hope. No worries. Thank you too. Appreciate your time. And we'll um, yeah, we'll get you back. And you've motivated me now. I'm running eight k tomorrow, but you've motivated me to maybe run a little more now. (laughs) Oh no, because then I'm gonna have to follow suit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, brother. Thanks, Matty. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. Today's guest, Jason Daniel from LSKD, was amazing and had plenty of knowledge bombs to drop, and hopefully you've picked up on a few of them. If there's any more topics you want us to cover, make sure you leave them in the comments. And as always, if this has stirred any emotions in you at all, we suggest you reach out to a family member or friend. And if that's not possible right now, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. How good's living?